And welcome back again, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of the Lost Podcast of Titan, a father and son journey through the sci-fi series that unite our generations. My name is Jeremiah. My name is Michael. I occasionally remember to introduce ourselves, and I, I send this plea <laughs> out to our audience to save us. <laughs> I was hoping the Star Trek animated series would be good, and like I was hopeful for the first few episodes because I was engaged. The stories were at least entertaining, if not interesting. And now this is our second, I think this is our second bad one in a row. And it's, it, we're, we're hitting a bad patch here is what it is. We're hitting a bad patch. And uh, once again, we have further mounting evidence that William Shatner is a liar, hack, and a fraud. Uh, I thought you meant Gene Roddenberry. No, this is, no, no, no. Gene Roddenberry is also a liar, a hack, and a fraud. But now so is William Shatner. Because once again, this is stealing for his movie. Completely stealing. We're going to be, this is reviewing the magic. Wait, what the fuck is the name of this? The magic, the magics of Megas 2. And I think you're saying this was the test reel or the uh, fifth Star Trek film. It, it stole some parts of it. So uh, the Enterprise, for whatever reason, is going to go to the center of the galaxy, which is the, the point of all creation. I love that. All matter is coming from the center of the galaxy, not the universe the galaxy um they go in they pass through a barrier a storm barrier and then all of a sudden we, they are greeted by a satyr uh half man half goat all abs and uh, name of lucian now now ladies and gentlemen <laughs> But for you, I continue watching this episode. <laughs> or you could have just left it up to me. <laughs> okay. say, take it, take it, Papa, and just go and uh, fix yourself a sandwich. <laughs> oh, so, so this episode has some issues. The episode summary is basically this. In the center of the galaxy is a planet or a, an existence that is in another dimension where the Laws of physics and reality don't exactly work. Magic works. And the people of this dimension uh, found Earth, only Earth, only Earth is important, and decided exactly. to go to Earth, and they were burned for being witches, and they, they're kind of concerned, and they put humanity on trial, and Spock defends it. And I have issues with this, but they but they go through their defense, and they 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 manage to get freedom, and on top of that... They also help out Lucian because Lucian is just misunderstood. And oh my God. Oh my God, this episode. Well, in the first place, you had these pe these beings who were able to travel through interstellar space, move through dimensions. They make it to Earth and a bunch of uh, what were technically hillbillies. Primitives burn them. <laughs> yeah, just managed to overcome them and burn them at the stake or hang them and stuff. What's wrong with this picture? Mm-hmm. And also, also, I love how I love how Spock, the most logical person on the on the on the ship, uh, comes to the theory of um, uh, how how magic is supposed to work, and then just starts demanding the magic to come to him. He yeah. he knows this is how it works. He 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 starts trying to physically alter the things, and the rest of the crew can start doing this too. And that's when I knew Sulu was my guy because. Sulu, <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> Sulu, 
like he he finally gets magic to work, and what is the first thing he does? He makes Make a, a babe. woman. I'm like, yes. I mean, stock. You, you go go ahead and move the chess pieces all you want. That's great. Uh, Sue, I'm gonna make me a date here. Also, they they made Sulu. They, uh, they made uh, George Takai Takai. I'm sorry, I I keep going Takai. back and forth. Whatever. I thought Takai was uh it was uh Chinese for expensive or something like that, and his it's actually pronounced Takai, but whatever. Um, like there's a scene when uh Lucian is basically trying to protect the crew. But the, the inhabitants of Megas 2 find out that they're humans of orbiting their planet and they, they send ghostly voices. And I swear, they like Takei did not change his voice a single bit. It's like <laughs> it's basically him trying to pretend to scare a five year old kid. By doing a spooky voice, it's like Ooh. You, you caught that too, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, is that Sulu? Did a very quick Google. <laughs> that was to that was Sulu. It's like Sulu was pretending to scare a little kid. I'm like, no, this isn't working. No, <laughs> you have to put on a voice. Where's Doohan? Was Doohan even uh, in this episode? Oh yes, he, he was. He was the voice of Lucian. Oh, that's okay. That'll explain that. And do you know who was the voice of Asmodea or Asmodea? Oh, Gene Roddenberry. No. Oh. No. Ed Bishop. Who's Ed Bishop? He was Commander Straker in the TV series UFO. He was also the voice of Captain Blue. Never seen it. In in yes, you had you saw uh well you you saw him as the voice of Captain Blue in Captain Scarlet. That's the one with who, the backwards driving tank, right? Yeah, in fact he was the one. I stopped watching right about then, yes. <laughs> Well, you do know that Captain Scarlet is indestructible, though. I've heard it mentioned once or twice. <laughs> I swear, but, we're going to have one episode where I just tear that fucking show apart. We okay. We ought to plan to do a Captain Scarlet episode. I'll I'll pick the episode. Oh, you'll pick. The, I'm not even going to review the episode. I'm just going to go. This oh, motherfucker is indestructible. Oh, How is he supposed to be in danger? This is Star Trek. Listen, this is our Star Trek review. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm getting I'm getting worked up. <laughs> that show fucking pisses me off. It was like our last episode. I was trying really hard not to say that I stopped watching John Wayden movies after Genghis Khan because that was the peak <laughs> of, of, of his acting uh, chops right there. That there couldn't be anything better than when he was Genghis Khan. <laughs> Killed half of well, Hollywood I, I, too. Give, give yourself give yourself a pat on the back. Not to, even John Wayne fans. A lot of John Wayne fans never seen The Conqueror. Oh, but it has that one scene with the the dancing girl. Like that was, that was scandalous, even for the nineties. Holy shit! Well, I'm sure John Wayne appreciated it. Probably insisted on it. Oh, but anyway, we're so, trying to get back to the yes. subject. Uh, the episode was written by Larry Brody, who surprises me by having a lot of writing credits attached to his name. Oh, so uh, I did. Okay, so this episode was really bad, and I wanted to look further into it apparently uh the dialogue and the writing is gene roddenberry the concept the scenes the images was brody like with uh, the end of it was brody watched the uh the final product and saw saw his script on the television show but none of his wording none of his words came out of any of the characters mouth that basically gene roddenberry had 
changed everything that they said so that this is what happened. Uh. Uh, what the problem, the main problem with me is the one that almost keeps making me want to go to sleep every time I see this. I'm sorry, but we have worked this. The devil was actually an alien. Several times. Uh, creature. Several times. Gene Rodden, I mean, uh, Arthur C. Clarke did it best with uh, Childhood's End. Nope, he's a liar, hack, and a fraud, too. But anyway. No, I, he is I, not. Arthur C. Clarke is not a liar, a hack, and a fraud. How many Ringworld <laughs> novels are there? He didn't write Ringworld novel. Oh, that was a Niven shit. Yes. How many 2001 <laughs> novels are there? Which you which you admitted to having read yes. all of the yes. Yeah, so so who's the liar hacking fraud here? Uh Mr. Clark, because like that <laughs> like you can you can okay, there's uh shit tangent. Anyway, so <laughs> you can yes, also you can plot. read when an author is doing it just for the money. Sometimes yes. they can get away uh, with it. Unfortunately. And sometimes they need to pay rent. I do understand that, but I can tell. Uh, I mean, first book review job I ever did was uh, one of the entries in Arthur C. Clarke Rama series, and I really felt bad because I panned that book. Mm. Um, I mean, okay, we're we're in danger of really getting on the train to tangent. Well, this just shows how bad the Magics of Megas Two was, to be honest. Magics of Megas Two was very bad. Yes. Uh, also, as I, I was trying to point out earlier, like. William Shatner completely stole the concept of uh, godlike beings at the center of the galaxy for his own movie and directorial debut. And I'm sorry, uh, the whole center of the galaxy thing was very poorly handled. We're traveling to the center of the universe, and we get a fireworks display. On top of uh, that, why aren't they sending a probe? Well, let's you. risk What's the whole fun? ship. The entire starship. Yeah. If you really want to read a good and you're going to boo at me for this. If you really want to read a good center of the galaxy story, go to Larry Niven's story at the core, which is in his neutron star collection. Does it have the puppeteers? Right, no, 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 no puppeteers. No interest. Well, wait, the pup. No, wait, the puppeteers did send the puppeteers did send, uh, Beowulf Schaefer out on a mission to explore the core. It was essentially a stunt to test out their new, uh, super warp ship. Are you, are you saying goes, that they're pulling the strings? Yes. <laughs> and they sent him, and he finds out that the galactic core is exploding. He contacts the puppeteers with this information and returns to Earth to find out that the puppeteers have essentially said, Adios! <laughs> Skipping out of the galaxy. Which is neither here nor there. But yes. this whole uh, the whole thing, concept, center of the galaxy, was... Very badly executed, and Star Trek should have known better. Um, are you familiar with the author Alan Dean Faust? Uh, isn't he the horror writer? No, no. Mm. He's just one of those authors you have to pronounce every one, every one of his names. He's not Alan Foster. He's Alan Dean Foster. Oh. But <clears throat> just like James Blish did novelizations of the original series episode. Alan Dean Foster did novelizations of the animated series episode. Oof. And and those are actually worth reading because uh, Foster embellished the story. You get like two-thirds of story attached to the half-hour 
mishmash. So that's my only recommendation in this episode. Don't watch, in fact, don't watch a lot of the episodes. Just go, they're called Star Trek Logs, a collection of stories based on the animated. Is it expanded what Sulu does with his uh, artificial woman? No. She she didn't, unfortunately, she didn't last long. (laughs) But they do have an episode. She didn't last long. Good job, Sulu. God damn. (laughs) My man putting in work. (laughs) But they did do an episode depicting a Christmas party on board the Enterprise where uh, Hura gets chased around the Christmas tree by one of the other crew people. (laughs) Yeah. But no, the. I mean, first off, they blow it with the center of the galaxy plot. Then they really blow it by digging up the old uh, chestnut about the devil being an alien creature. Also, okay. Also, I have an issue with the trial. Like, they're putting humanity on trial again, which, okay, all right, one more time, once more, another reason to your friends. (laughs) But then all of a sudden, Spock comes up and says, ah, but I am only half human. I have. I'm also Vulcan. I I will defend the crew, of the Enterprise, and and the people allowed. So the judges should okay. have said, "All right, well, in that all case, right, we'll no, only yeah. punish you halfway." But like, no, 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 no. But uh, like just to the left of Spock was uh, Ensign Three Arm Dude, <laughs> the complete alien. Yeah. Okay. And, and where's have... where's Ensign Purr? Like, bring her along. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She's my favorite character. (laughs) That would have been so great if they'd made that her name instead of (laughs) Maress. Ensign Purr and your uh, roommate Ensign Furball. Or Ensign Hairball. No, 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 no. Don't don't, don't do like that. Ensign Purr. Ensign (laughs) Morrow. It's just on the round. They should have filmed animated sequences showing her sitting at the communications console, and then occasionally she starts uh, grooming her paws. And oh, that would have cost money. That would have been shot <laughs> down right away. Like, holy shit, that's like twenty bucks. We can't do that. But uh, yeah, but you're talking about uh, the trial scene. Yeah, uh, I noticed that they have Christine Chapel next to Uhura. But if you go across to the other side of the people in the stock, there's a blonde in an engineering outfit, I presume. And I'm wondering who the heck she was. I understand it's probably Mr. Kyle, the transporter chief at the far uh, left-hand side. Listen, there's and... 400, supposed to be 400 people on that ship. And there was maybe 12 total on trial. <laughs> I would have taken over the ship and be like, well, good luck. <laughs> Ensign Purr. <laughs> but you know, that's a very that's a very good point. Why did Spock automatically become the one to uh Because he's the chosen one. He's the Quizatadrak. Right. He's the one who will bring balance to the force. But or as or maybe just because he was the highest ranked officer. That would be Kurt. allow some Yes, but they were judging humanity. They needed a the highest ranking non human. But he's half human. I'm saying I'm saying the three armed alien has a better uh claim. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying that's how the situation worked out. Or 
they had more pre-animation stills of Spock ready to go that they could reuse. Spock ready to go? Yeah. But anyway, so that was uh, The Magics of Magus 2, which uh, took me longer than I want to admit to realize they were they meant 2-T-U, not 2 as in the number 2. Because uh, usually they name this shit like Dargos 4, which is the fourth planet in the Dargos system, which makes a lot of sense. Well, these you got to remember, this was in a location where natural laws did not apply uh, as Spock. Spock starts out saying, when they arrive at the planet, this was all very un- illogical. It shouldn't be working. But you notice how quickly he changes his mind once he's able to move chess people. He demands to be able to move chess. He demands it. God, that was so arrogant. I was like, holy crap. Chess piece, you will move. Mm. Attend me, chess piece. Attend, uh, chess piece, attend. But that is it. Uh, We will take a small break as next episode we will be reviewing Battle in Outer Space. Oh boy. Oh boy. Waiting for your. comments on that uh, i found a good place to stream it that you know wouldn't want me to check for an std afterwards so we're all good <laughs> <laughs> yes for those of you uh are still scratching their head battle in outer space is a japanese science fiction movie almost as old as i am and i after what was the last film that was it threads or what was the last film what we was discussed? the last film we discussed the last film we discussed was uh, a good question. I don't know. I don't think it was threats. Was it, but anyway, I wanted to, for the next assignment, I wanted to give you something with more action and color. Uh, so that's why I picked Battle in Outer Space. Plus, What do you mean color? It's black and white. Battle in Outer Space is a color film. Uh, no, it's not. It's black if you're and white. Streaming, if you're streaming a black and white film, then you need to find another streaming service. It's, Every it's time the fake I, color. What do you mean the fake color? <laughs> but anyway, we'll catch y'all next time, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Uh, t- take care and behave. Bye-bye.